What is going on, guys? Welcome into the sit down here on the Built the Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Of course, this is the sit down presented by Duff's Famous Wings. I'm your host, as always, the Sauce God on Twitter at Buffalo Sauce God. Joined here today with a special guest replacing Mafia Montage is Izzy, the host of the Red Zone Report. And actually, I've been able to talk football with Izzy before, but Izzy, how are you doing this evening? Doing well, man. Doing well. It's been a good weekend for me. I got a three day weekend this weekend, so. Yeah, I get to relax, rest, and you get this reprieve that I need. So, uh, yeah, it's been good. And I got, got a nice little haircut. Feeling good. Go. Hey, haircut is always a fresh thing that is sometimes necessary, especially with the conclusion of the 2022 and 2023 NFL season with the Super Bowl concluding in the Chiefs ending up winning in an in incredible fashion. A game that was definitely uh, – it was definitely something that lived up to its expectations. So hats off to the Chiefs and Eagles for the completion of the Super Bowl. And uh, hats off to the Chiefs on completing the season as the champions. So, of course, if you're just now tuning in, hit that like and share button. Hit that comment button. Of course, this is presented by Dove's Famous Wings as well as Underdog Fantasy, which if you are able to play, you must be 18 or older in certain states. And we here do not encourage or endorse any illegal or underage gambling. But we have a promo code for you, which will get you a deposit match 100% up to $100. So if you deposit 10 to $100 with our promo code BIB, you'll get a 100% deposit match with the Underdog Fantasy app, which is Daily Fantasy Pickums, similar to sports betting, but it's technically sports gaming. So some of you guys that are in states that you cannot sports bet are actually eligible to sign up for this app. Again, sports Again, it's Underdog Fantasy with promo code BIB. So let's go ahead. Let's get you guys a little bit of an introduction here kicked off. And let's get to our show because we've got tons of great content, whether it is our first-round draft pick, Jordan Poyer's interview with Pat McAfee, all that and much, much more right here in the sit-down on the Built in Buffalo Network. Yes, this is the sit-down presented by Duff's Famous Wings, and that is live here on the Built in Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. So if you're just now tuning in, hit that like and share button. Begin to hit that comment button because we got lots to talk about, and we want to hear what you guys out there in Bill's Mafia have got to say as well. So if you're tuning in on Twitter, hit that retweet button and do yourself a favor. Come on over to YouTube. 
press the like button, hit the subscribe button, and then you can join us on the comments because for some reason, Twitter does not allow you to comment and for us to see it. I don't know why, but that's how it goes. If you're tuning in on Facebook, hit that like and share button. And again, if you're on YouTube, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. So it is, of course, the Sauce Guy here. Join with Izzy. Let's talk first here, buddy. We've got 200 days in the countdown, yes, 200 days exactly until the start of the 2023-2024 NFL regular season. Izzy, how do you feel about the length of time that we've got here? It's too long. It's too long. It's too damn long. But luckily for us, the NFL has done something to make the process fun. So it's too long, but let's enjoy the ride. Amen to that. Now, look at this. Roy Collins says, I actually watched the XFL game earlier. Cold, windy day, so I figured why not. Now, Izzy, you were just talking with me. How do you feel about the XFL season? Um, First thing I noticed is that their officiating is better than the NFL's officiating. It's not even close. Like, they, they have Dean Blandino, and he's, like, the guy who is in charge of, you know, all the plays. If there's a play that's questionable, they stop play immediately, like in college. And he's got, like, screens upon screens where he's, like, just selecting the play. Here's his camera angle. I can't see where the ball's out, or I can't see where his knee touches before the ball's out. And it's just smoother. Like, the NFL really needs to look at what these other leagues are doing and consider adopting some of the ways that they are doing this officiating because it's, it's more efficient, it seems. It's faster. And they can actually review more plays in less time. So when... When I was watching the game and they were reviewing plays, they were on point, they were quick, and they got through it effectively. So I think that the XFL is, is really going to have some, some benefit to the NFL if the NFL is willing to get on board with listening. Now, that's something that you point out, too, is that the way that other leagues do things. Now, something I, I scrolled upon was I think it was called the American Sevens Football League, which was almost like flag football meets mm -hmm. tackle football, but there were no pads and it limited injuries. So I do think that you bring up a good point that the NFL, although it is much more of a bigger business than the XFL or USFL or anything yeah. like that, it could definitely take a page out of some of these other leagues' playbooks because they're trying to find ways to be unique and make the game of football ultimately better and safer. So I think if you could find anything, whether it's review process, whether it's yeah. rule process, or whether it's even anything close to the gear that they use, take that into consideration, NFL, because at this point, I think that you and I can both agree is a lot of people are questioning the integrity of the NFL. More and yeah. more conspiracies are coming out about how it's rigged and, and how it's scripted. And, and it's just sometimes it's a bit too much. So maybe the NFL ought to take a look at other ways to make this game um, not only more fair and safer, but something that people can kind of, you know, for lack of better words, stop bitching about, you know what I mean? So that's something I like to bring up there. Now let's go to our next top, uh, topic here, Izzy, which is going to be that the chiefs actually open up as Super Bowl favorites. They are, they are opening as favorites to repeat as Super Bowl champions and the bills come in listed as the second favorite. How does that make you feel about the chiefs being favorites to repeat and the bills coming in at second? Well, the, the Chiefs, they lost Tyreek Hill this past year, right? They lost uh, Byron Pringle. They, you know, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire hasn't been the guy. They drafted a running back in Isaiah Pacheco, you know, what, the seventh round? And he turned out to be a freaking stud. Like, there's just, there's an air about the Chiefs that I understand them being that. And you know what? I'm okay not being the favorite because look what being the favorite got us this year. It got us whooped in the playoffs in our own house for the first time in a long time. So, uh, you know, shout out to the Chiefs. They, they, 
They did their thing in the Super Bowl. They did their thing in the playoffs. I'm glad they beat the Bengals because they got way too high up on their you know little horsey there. I'm glad they got knocked down. Cancun on three, right? Anyways, uh, yeah, I respect it. You know, we're 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 number two. And I can't complain about that. I think overall, the best thing you just said there was look at what being favorites did to us, and that was something I said all season. I never wanted it to get into our heads that we were that good. Or that we were, you know, just going to kind of waltz into week after week and be the favorites and that we should be showing up to just win with ease, right? Because you'll hear Sean McDermott talk about it all the time, just how tough it is to win in this league. So I think for the Chiefs to open as favorites to repeat is a little shocking to me just because of how hard it is to repeat in the in the uh, NFL, uh, you know, championships. The way we've seen back-to-back titles was the Patriots in the early 2000s. So... For the Chiefs to open as favorites, it is a little bit like, you know, it, it raises a little bit of an eyebrow for me. You don't know if guys like Juju Smith-Schuster will be back, what the status of Kadarius Tony will be. But I'll tell you this much. It did piss me off to hear Pat Mahomes say, we did all this in a rebuilding year. Just because you lost Tyreek Hill doesn't mean you were rebuilding. You know what I mean? Like, I've ever say anything like that was, like, shocking to me, right? They were still favorites to come out of the AFC West. They were still favorite, you know, some of the top favorites to come out of the AFC. They were, they were, they were literally the favorites to go to the AFC championship game and lose to us. Exactly. They were the favorites to do that. Like your favorites to be nothing lower than fourth place. What are you talking about? Exactly. How is that rebuilding, right? Just because you lose Tyreek Hill, well, then you go and gain Kadarius Tony for a bag of chips. The fact that they got Kadarius Tony in the receiver room. Yeah, exactly. But if you guys are just now tuning in, you're live here in the sit-down on the Built-in Buffalo Network. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings. And if you're just now tuning in, hit that like and share. Hit that comment button. It is Izzy and the Sauce God here discussing the Bills opening as second favorites in the title uh, the title odds for the next season. Now, when I hear that the Bills are the second favorite, I guess to me that's a little shocking because – I do expect us to come back fully healthy, and I do expect us to have a much different look with the team that we're going to have to start the season. However, that also means that we are going to lose some people, and that means that we're going to have some tough draft choices to make and some potential trades that get made too. So let me ask you this question, and this is for you guys out there in Bill's Mafia as well. Izzy, how do you feel with the season now completely over? How do you feel heading into the offseason, the draft, the free agent process, and everything? Uh, so I'm, um, this is a, this is actually a tough one because I feel a lot of things. Uh, I know we're going to lose some guys. There's some restructures we can do. We can actually probably create about $30 million under the cap. Uh, heck just restructuring Josh Allen puts us at the line and there's a bunch of other things we can do, but we're going to have to make tough decisions, right? They, they're going to have to decide who's really a part of the core of this team and, this is going to look a lot like 2019 when the Bills had to really go out there and get players that are just going to fit the scheme. Like, we just picked up the safety, and everybody's like, yeah, he's a bum, he's a practice squad guy. He, he, like, we don't know that. We Like, what was Jordan Poirier before we picked him up? Like, we, 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 he, we didn't know he was going to be an all-pro. He got, he signed for, like, $11 million Even Mike Hyde was limited in his production with Green Bay to the point where you yeah. know, had no idea he was going to be all-pro. But he got paid, though. He, he got paid, like, $35 million. Jordan Porter got paid, like, $12 million for three years. Like he got paid pennies compared to what he actually put on the field. And you just never know which player that you pick up is going to be that stud. Sometimes the team just doesn't know how to use a guy. How many times have we lost the, lost the player? They go somewhere else, and, like, Jabari Greer. 
and he goes and wins the Super Bowl the next year. You're like, what in the hell? How's this guy an all pro? He was undrafted. He played for us. He was like our fourth corner until like the last year he was here, kicked ass, went somewhere else, won a Super Bowl. What are we doing? And this is something that we talk about as Bills fans, but it's like we're going to have to make decisions and we're going to have to do like those teams that won those Super Bowls, that picked up those players from other teams that were useless to those other teams and make use of them. And then that that's kind of exciting to me because it's, it's like, again, like 2019, 2018, you know, when we were signing guys that no one wanted, like, you know, Jordan Poirier, Micah Hyde, and making use out of them is, is going to be something that I find exciting again. Like, we're going to have to have, we're going to have to restart this process again. And now is the year. I think 2019 also kind of was when, you know, we, we go and sign guys like Cole Beasley and John Brown and uh, well, they come into the 2019 season and that ultimately starts to show the progression, a uh, progression of Josh Allen as a passer. But it's, it, you know, one thing that I, I, I know we talk about with built in Buffalo and it's something that I definitely agree with is that we got to go out there and we got to get the, the, you can't just get by with half-assed players. You got to go out there and you got to get those pieces. Like adding a Vaughn Miller last season was, was one of those pieces for me, right? But we're going to have some other gaps to fill. So let me ask you this. With guys like Ed Oliver and Tremaine Edmonds, how do you feel about retaining our core guys? And do you think that we're ultimately going to lose a couple of these guys? Absolutely. Um, and there's there's no way around it. The NFL is designed that way with this cap system. Now, I don't know how much the cap is going to go up next year, but it's supposed to be substantial because of the whole Amazon and Disney money that's supposed to be coming into the league. Uh, it's supposed to really go up. Um, the cap went down last year. It wasn't supposed to. And now this year it's going up quite a bit. Most it's gone up in a long time. But with the new uh, deals going in place, they, they should go up a little higher. Uh, I thought the cap was going to be a little higher than it is this year. But that's neither here nor there. I think that the – the Bills may have a chance to do so, but it's really going to depend on the players wanting to be here or not. Like if Tremaine's dead set on being one of the highest paid linebackers, he's probably not going to be here next year. Mm-hmm. Now, if he's willing to take that, you know, $13 million per year deal and backload it a little bit, you know, that might work out. Um, Jordan Poyer, he's, he's getting a little older. If you look at him, you compare him to a contract like the Honey Badger. Honey Badger got, what, 9.3 per year? And Poyer's looking for more than that. I don't think it's going to happen, brother. I don't. I don't you're 32. Yeah, I think the Poyer situation, and we're and we're going to play a clip here in just a, a few a few moments too. That kind of talks a little bit more about you know his situation. But yeah. I think when it look when I look at guys like Ed Oliver, and there's a you know there was an article released this week that showed a potential trade that could be made with him. I see people making potential trade uh, scenarios where we trade Gabe Davis and get guys like Mike Evans back a return, and it just makes nice. you realize how tough it really is to not only win a Super Bowl in the NFL, but to do it two years in a row because that's how, like you just said, the NFL is designed that way. You see guys in baseball, there are no, there's no salary cap restrictions. They go out and sign guys for 10, heck, even 14 years, right? But yeah. that's because baseball, we have less injuries. We have, you know, we, we can put more mileage on these guys versus the, game. the NFL. It's such a bang-bang league that you can't have that kind of mileage, right? So – I, I think that I want to retain a guy like Tremaine Edmonds so badly because I thought that when he played this year, he really was a difference maker. But I could say the same about Ed Oliver at moments too. But one thing I will say is I didn't see it game in and game out, like like 100% play of the season where they yeah. were consistently making a difference. So I could see them 
you know, parting ways with them, getting trades for them, that's going to be a little bit more difficult, obviously, because they're going to have to sign guys. And then the, the team that they get traded to is going to have to agree of whatever kind of capital they're willing to give up at that moment. Do you think, think that we possible. could potentially get any draft capital for guys like Tremaine Emmons or at Oliver? Yeah, I think that both of those guys, uh, I think Tremaine is probably at least worth a first round pick if you franchise tag him, tag him and trade him or uh, yeah. hit him with that non-exclusive franchise tag. And now if a team goes to try and get him, you can actually match their deal. Right. But if they if you don't match their deal, then, you know, they can just outbid you. So that might not be the way the way for the bills to do it is to franchise tag him and then trade him. I would I would personally tag him and trade him again. He he had his best career year. But it still left something for, for me to be desired. Like, there were games where he disappeared. There were games where he still had his issues. And I really like him because he is still very young. He's 24 years old this, this coming season. And that's crazy for a player to have five years of NFL experience. He's going to be 24 going into his sixth year. That's freaking nuts. Or, or he'll be 25. He's 24 now. He'll be 25. That's that's yeah, not where the kid is still young and his potential is still, you know, still we haven't seen him hit his ceiling yet. So yeah, I think as, that as a man, like he's not he's not fully developed as a man yet. That's what's scary too, because he's freaking huge and fast 24. as hell. Like as a man, they say you don't stop developing mentally until you're like 25. Yeah, right? you don't even that's hit your prime athleticism your, until you're 25. Yeah, that's when you reach your mental maturity to to like really be able to process the world and life. And he's 20 freaking four years old. I know. So, I mean, if you look at a guy like him, his potential is still – that's why I would rather retain a guy like him versus Ed Oliver, who – Ed Oliver, and, and credit to Ed Oliver, Ed Oliver played really well at, a lot of times this year, including in moments where he – you know, with the safety. There were moments that Ed Oliver really took over the game defensively, but does he do that in the big games, and does he do that in the biggest moments? I have yet to see it. What about you, Izzy? I, th I think that Ed Oliver's play is – is more dependent on the person next to him. And when I say the person next to him, I don't mean the defensive end. I mean the one tech. Ed Oliver is not a one tech. He's 287 pounds of twisted steel and sex appeal. All right. That man is not a one tech. He is a three tech. He is a bull rushing defensive tackle down the middle. And that's all he is. He is not your run stuffer, right? He can stop the run with support from a one tech, but he is not the guy who should be taking your double teams. And if you watch that playoff game, missing Daquan Jones was a big deal. It was a huge deal. I, I actually got I actually got on PFF and started breaking down our defensive line, and Ed Oliver scored pretty high. Mm -hmm. The next highest in the interior was Daquan Jones with a 73 overall. Everybody else, Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, they all scored 50 in the, in the low 50s, 51, 52. Mm -hmm. The, the drop-off between Tim Settle – or between uh, Daquan Jones and the next guy at one tech was vast, like 20 points vast. He he was a better rated defensive tackle as a one tech than Vita Vea. That's crazy. Yeah, he was, he was rated higher than Vita Vea. That's crazy. So now you lose him in the playoff game against the Bengals. And we're like, we're, their O-line's hurt. It was like, bro, we're missing our fat bastard in the middle who's going to take two guys up. Mm -hmm. We don't have anybody to do that. Daquan now. Jones was and, and Daquan Jones, I thought was going to be a second to Tim Settle. I thought Tim Settle was going to have quite the breakout year, but Daquan Jones really was the guy week in and week out that made a difference when he was on the football field. I agree with that. Now, how do you feel about losing a guy like Jordan Phillips? I mean, he was here on a one year deal. Yeah, I, I think he's gone. I think that that experiment's over. He he got hurt too, way too much this year. Mm -hmm. I mean, he's cheap, and so you may bring him back as 
maybe the fourth defensive if tackle. If you get him but, for cheap, if you get him for cheap, by all means, I think you bring him back. Yeah. And that's if you want to carry five defensive tackles, because I think they should invest into another defensive tackle. You need to have two one techniques. If one goes down, you have to have another one. And we didn't. We didn't have another. We have two guys in Jordan Phillips and Tim Settle who can both play one and three. We mm-hmm. need another guy who's just a big fat bastard who can be the one tech and just be the one tech. We need we need two of those guys and we need two guys who can play the three tech. And that's it. There can't be any more this hybrid BS where, well, Jordan can play one. He's 335 pounds. I don't care. He's a bull rusher. That's what he is. He's not a guy who's going to take up two blocks. And if you don't block him with two guys, he's going to bust through him and stop your running back. He's not that guy. We need that guy. And that's Daquan Jones. And Daquan Jones, he has the skills. Tim Settle, he has the heart. But Daquan Jones isn't lacking in heart. Tim Settle just has extra heart. Yeah, you have to still have the skill set to go along with the heart. You have have to have – I'd take somebody with average heart and a good skill set than a guy with no skills and all the heart. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly, right? It is. I agree. You got to have a combination. And I like Tim Settle. He's a good dude, you know, solid rotational guy, but no, we need need another guy. Well, excellent, Izzy. Well, if you guys are just now tuning in, you are live here on the sit-down on the Built of Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. This is presented by Duff's Famous Wings and Underdog Fantasy. And, of course, Built of Buffalo is a partnership with PLB Sports, West Her Ticket, IQ, and Picasso's Pizza. And I'll tell you what, if you haven't done so already, make sure to follow us, subscribe to us, like us, follow us, and everything. Turn those notifications on, whether it's live content, whether it's podcasts, or whether it is just your daily bills and updates and news. You want to be following Built of Buffalo. Your source for all built. Uh, I'm sorry, your source for all Buffalo Bills and much, much more. So let's move on to our next one here, Izzy. What position would you draft in the first round of this upcoming draft? This is one that I know some people have examined and everything, but this is a really good question. At the 27th overall pick, if we are drafting, what would you draft? So depending on who's there, my three positions would be running back. Wide receiver, offensive line. Preference is a really good offensive lineman gets there, and we can draft a guard at twenty. What is twenty-seven? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I would I would take the best guard on the board, unless if, if Bijan Robinson is there, give me Bijan Robinson all day. Like I, yeah, I'm, look, it's it's late in the first round. I know people are like running back in the first round. No, don't do it. Shut the hell up. It's the twenty-seventh pick. It's damn near second round pick, right? And then you get a fifty-year option on the kid. So you don't have to pay him a whole bunch of money. No, no, no. If Bijan's there, give me Bijan. Otherwise, give me the best offensive lineman, guard or tackle. Don't care because Spencer uh, Brown wasn't really that great this year either. Preferably a guard, right? I wanted Elijah Vera Tucker when he was drafted, and we couldn't get him. But mm-hmm. you know what? Give me, give me a guard, Josh. Josh needs that blind side sorted out. If Spencer Brown still sucks, Josh can see that guy coming around the corner, make that bum miss. He can he can he can do something about that. Guy coming from the left, that's a problem. Exactly the blind side there. So okay, then if you're not going offensive line because there's not somebody available that you like there, you're going either receiver or or running back. You say? Yep. Okay, I like that. Now for me, I'm I'm looking just offensive line. Like that's the only way that I want to go. That's the only thing that I'm focused on bolstering up, and that is going to be huge. But in the later for parts of the first round, you don't typically see the best tackles available. 
it is possible hard. though. It it's depends on you know how heavy, and we know it's a quarterback heavy draft. We know that that is a position that has already got people talking about the first overall pick, right? Which is a good thing for obviously, like we're sitting here praying. It's a good thing for the Buffalo Bills because sometimes those guys that are going to be taken in the top ten, they fall to the you know the top twenty, and then the guys that are in the top twenty, they fall down to the top thirty. So this could potentially work out for the Buffalo Bills. I think they got to look offensive linemen because it is. Definitely the the area that we are weakest in, and that was definitely the weakest area coming into this season as well. And as much as I love Deion Dawkins, he is traditionally a guard, so we still need to really get him a dominant left tackle. That's one thing that the Miami Dolphins did. They got Taron Armstead this season. They got a really good offensive tackle where that can make the world of a difference, especially when you have guys like Chris Jones and Frank Clark for the Kansas City Chiefs who are game-changing defensive linemen. When you have those kinds of guys coming at you, right? And I agree with Roy here. He says first choice O-line, if not wide receiver. Now, the reason I bring this up is because the receiver position, why are we looking at drafting that in the first round? Because we might not have Gabe Davis next year. Gabe Davis, although a fourth-round pick, will be a free agent after this year and could command some money that we might not potentially be able to play or to pay. So is that is is that the reason that you would look at drafting receiver in the first round, Izzy? Yeah. Uh, receiver – it really depends on who falls there too, right? Because there's a bunch of receivers in the first round. There's a bunch of first-round graded receivers. Uh, just like last year, corner was heavy, and we needed a corner. We got the last real first-round graded corner um, in Kyrie Elam. I mean, granted, a lot of those uh, grades were wrong because uh, Tariq Woolen in Seattle drafted in what round two was a steal where he got picked up. Um, but yeah, receivers, receivers, another pick, another slot I would pick. And it's not necessarily because Gabe Davis might not be here. It's because I don't think Gabe Davis is a true number two. I think Gabe Davis put up big numbers this year. A lot of that was because he's just a really good deep threat, uh, which is crazy because his 40 times isn't that great. But who cares about all that when you can run around, get past somebody and, and catch the ball when you're wide open? His problem was contested catches. At one point in the season, he had a 17% drop rate. That mm-hmm. is unacceptable. Yep. That's unacceptable for my number two receiver. I can't I can't have it. So for me, uh Gabe Davis is your fourth receiver at best because your three is generally speaking your slot. And I expect to see a lot more Khalil Shakir this coming year. So yeah, me too. I hope. I mean Gabe- that's the only reason that I wouldn't look at receiver in the first round is because you did pick up a guy like Khalil Shakir last year, who, although a fifth-round pick, really looks a lot like a first-round talent to me and made plays consistently, yep. didn't make those drops like Gabe Davis. Now, I will say, credit to Gabe, I think a lot of what he experienced struggle-wise this year was due to injury, whether it was his foot or his ankle or something like that, but his drops were definitely inexcusable. And for me, that's a good enough reason to take a look at that position and take a look at, you know, it has nothing to do with Stephon Diggs for me. It has everything to do with guys like Gabe Davis and Isaiah McKenzie not potentially being here after this season. So that's what I got, you know, as far as the receiver position. But uh, it looks like Roy Collins was one to agree with us, and he has a good question here. How upset would you be if Bean takes a defensive tackle or safety in round one? Uh, I wouldn't be mad at those either. If we lose Jordan Poyer, I mean, you got to have somebody back there, right? And you don't want to be stuck with – look, Jaquan Johnson's free agent. DeMar Hamlin is coming off that injury. The only safety we have really in the team are Dean Marlowe and freaking Micah Hyde, who's coming off that neck injury. He's one more neck injury away from being done for his career. Mm-hmm. I don't even – I don't know if the Bills don't move on from Micah. 
Yeah, there's no guarantee that he plays again, too. Yeah, they, they, if they're moving on from Jordan, they may just move on from Micah. They are a tandem duo, mm-hmm. right? They they play okay without each other. Uh, Jordan still played very they well. They play much year. better together, though. I agree with when, that. Yeah, when they're together, like they think with one brain. It's like it's like uh, it's like an F twenty two having a drone, right? And the F twenty two is like, all right, I'm gonna do this, and the drone, you just go ahead and take that up there. And they 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 don't even have to think about it; they just process it and it goes. That's just how mm-hmm. it is. You like may need to restart. I appreciate it. Yeah, I was, I'm a military man. Yeah, so I'm 22 with the drone. I love that. You know, you got the Raptor with the drone up there. I could just see it, you know. But, of course, like, I, I agree, though, that safety safety is not really the worst position to address either. Um, You know, guys like Kyle Hamilton that went to the Ravens last year are incredible, incredible playmakers defensively that – um you know, hey, you can get them in the first round, especially later in the first round. But here's a little clip I'm going to play that um, Jordan Poyer actually said on the Pat McAfee show, and we're going to discuss this here next. So let's take a listen to this. Now you're going to be an unrestricted like free agent here. Uh, it's this first time, I guess, in your career you will be unrestricted, especially coming off another big year. You played through 15 different injuries, collapsed lung, you drove to games, elbow, everything. How do you feel? Like, what's the plan now, and how is it maybe different from what it would have been in the past when you weren't unrestricted? Yeah. Uh, for one, I'm just going to enjoy this this process. Yeah. You know, I don't know what's going to happen. Um, if it's in Buffalo, great. If it's not, that's, it's, that's the business. And you I feel like it is going to be a Buffalo or no? I don't know. Um, really? No, no Everybody means. gets to make it a, a, Open for bidding, so yeah, yeah they can yeah, be in play. Yeah, it, it's definitely it can be in play. Um, you know, I, I just I, I I don't know, but uh, like I said, I'm gonna enjoy this process of whatever it is. My first time in the free agent, uh, being a free agent, but at the same time, I'm gonna get myself healthy. Um, I, you know, I think in the middle of the season, I just needed some time, like two or three weeks, to get really healthy and get everything back. And so that's my main goal this off season is to get you know healthy, so that next year I go. Into- so Jordan Poyer right there on the Pat McAfee show says. You know, it is a business, and that's the one thing that they tell you right from the start is that the NFL is a business. You can't get too attached to places. And all that being said of what he just said right there, going back to also when he thanked Bill's Mafia in case it were his last home game um, Mm -hmm. going into that matchup uh, in the regular season and against the Cincinnati Bengals. You know, how do you feel about when he just said, does that mean to you that Jordan Poyer is gone? It doesn't mean that he's gone. I think that it means that he's going to explore his options. Right, and the the market is really going to determine whether he's gone or not. Like, if he goes out there and he gets offered, you know, eight million dollars a year for four years, which he's thirty two, and safeties generally speaking last a little longer in their careers than corners do. They'll last till thirty seven, thirty eight years old sometimes. You know, sometimes into their forties. Um, rare, but it happens because they're they're not required to be as fast for long, and speed is really the first thing to go. They're not, they're not required to be that. They're required to process information fast and make sure people are in position. That being said, if some team offers him that and the Bills can offer him a similar contract and backload it, he might be willing to play ball with the Bills. So it really depends. There, there's going to be a lot going on. And that's if the Bills even want him back because, again, the whole Micah Hyde thing where I brought up where Micah might not even be back. So we don't even know if we're going to be able to pair these two together again. Because mm-hmm. they both play a re- very physical brand of football. Like, Micah Hyde isn't scared to hit anybody. Like, he went after freaking uh, Derrick Henry, head up. Like, let's go. And, you know, that's not conducive to your health. It's just not. So they may want to actually reboot that position. They may trade a Micah Hyde for a third-round pick and, you know, let Poyer walk and then, you know, figure something else out. There's so many different options that none of us are thinking of. 
that I'm thinking of all of them. And people are like, oh, you're a Bills fan, though, bro? I was like, yeah. yeah. It's not easy being a Bills fan and trying no, to it's not. figure out what no, they're doing. Not. Like, you're trying to figure out what they're doing. But Bean has done some crazy stuff before and pulled off some nonsense. You're like, what is going on? And, you know, again, they, they've had, they picked up players who are like, all right, well, you know, they're pretty good. We're, you know, well for the best. And then they're like, oh, wow, they're awesome. So we'll, so we'll see. I think, I think it means that he's gone. And I don't think that, well, actually, when, when I look at it one way and then I start to kind of think about it in this way, I think maybe he's not gone and maybe he's just trying to leverage his hand a little bit. And I, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he wants to get paid, but I think more than wanting to get paid, he does want to be in Buffalo, but like, let's make sure that, you know, if, 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 let's say that he was going to get offered 15 million from another team, he wants to be getting 13. You know what I mean? He still wants to get paid, but I do think that he wants to be in Buffalo. And I think that everything that he has said and the way that he's approached it with the fan base indicates mm-hmm. that he wants to be back here, but he definitely needs security for his future. And if anybody has earned the payday, it is Jordan Poyer. I yeah, mean, he's... Jordan Poyer has done more than what we've asked of him. He has been all pro every year that he has been with the Buffalo Bills. And next to Micah Hyde, they're the best safety tandem in football. So, I mean, if you're going to bring both of them back, hey, it works out for us. And I think that those two on the football field is way better than just having one or 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 not having either of them. I think that they really are that big of a difference maker. And yeah. I think that if we could have Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer playing healthy all season long with Yvonne Miller healthy at the end of the season, we would not sit here and talk about how next season. I think that we'd be talking about sitting here as potential Lombardi Trophy um, yeah. you know, winners at that point. So we could take advantage uh, of that line in, in Cincy with with Yvonne Miller. You're missing missing uh missing big boy in the middle. Matters less if you have a more effective pass rush. But I think that, you know, the whole Poyer thing, like if a team like, let's say the the Jaguars offer some $15 million a year because they have a ton of cap space, he's probably gone, right? A team that's like, we can take a step and we can win now, that's feasible to me. Um, But if like the Texans, they got a bunch of cap space, but they freaking suck, there's no chance in hell he's going there. Overstaying in Buffalo for eleven and and incentives. So yeah, exactly. I'm sure that he still wants to compete. And by the way, Kung Fu Tuna, all pro every year. I mean that he literally played to an all pro level every year. Yeah. He might not have been voted all pro every year. He might not have been voted Pro Bowl every year. But I think that we can agree that a lot of our players have been snubbed, either in the all a pro lot. voting or the uh, Pro Bowl voting. So when I say all pro every year, I mean that Jordan Poyer literally played. Basically every single year, as if he were the best safe, one of the best two safeties in the NFL. That's yep. my point there. He so moving on to the next one here is our signing as the new wide receiver head coach, and that is Adam Henry, who was most recently the co-offensive coordinator and wide receiver coach for the Indiana University Hoosiers. How do you feel about the signing, Izzy? I'm not really sure. I don't really know that much about the guy. Um, I've heard that he's got some NFL experience. He went to the Hoosiers. Um, you don't see a lot of Hoosiers drafted lately in the NFL. You know, they're more of a basketball school lately. Yeah, they've been um, a big basketball school forever. Yeah. Well, Indiana yeah, but, you loves know, their basketball. In in the 90s, though, Indiana was actually both a basketball and football program. They, mm-hmm. they, they weren't going 12-0 and and, you know, winning national championships. But they were, they were going to bowls and winning bowl games back in the 90s. Um, basketball has always been their thing, but still um, – However, you know, Villanova's also a basketball school, and we got Christian Benford from them. So, truth. Who cares? Like, oh, uh, I this think is that, his resume, you know, by the way. 
He was most recently receivers coach and co-offensive coordinator at Indiana University. Okay. Um, he did first break into coaching in 97 at his alma mater in McNeese State. After 10 years, okay. jumped into the NFL in 2007 by taking an offensive quality control position with the Raiders, which at that time with Jamarcus Russell doesn't seem like a very good thing. But he stayed there through 2011 and then moved to LSU, returned to the NFL in 2015 with the 49ers as receivers coach, beginning a roller coaster of job changes. So he's just kind of spent a little bit of time everywhere. He's also worked for the Giants, the Browns, the Cowboys, also before spending one season at Indiana. So it looks like right now we have no idea how Adam Henry is going to work out. However, we here. Wish him have, nothing but the best and go Bills. I have I have some positives in that. You said he went to um, San Francisco mm-hmm. in 2015 and, and, and the LSU. Yep. So during those times, San Francisco had Anquan Bolden. They had uh, Crabtree. Uh, LSU has always been wide receiver university, you know, like that. They've always put mm-hmm. out good wide receivers and good, good corners. So that to me is promising. But the rest of the resume is kind of like, eh, we'll see. I agree with that, too. So I think overall, you know, you hope for the best from this guy. There's not too much that's really going to tell us anything other than that. Chad Hall was a great receivers coach, so hats off to him and hope that he has uh, success wherever he goes. I think he went to the Jaguars, and and I hope that, you know, he has success as long as it does not interfere interfere with the Buffalo Bills' success. So that is the signing for the Buffalo Bills at the wide receiver coach, Adam Henry, most recently the co-offensive coordinator at Indiana. So let's move on to our next segment here, Izzy, before we get to forget about it in the getting saucy and before we let everybody get out of here. Bada bing, bada boom. That means the good things that we've seen from this world of sports, whether it's Bills, NFL, or just the world of sports. Izzy, what do you got for us? Ah, uh, good things in the world of sports. Uh, the XFL started, right? That, that's that's a good thing. And um, I'll go combat sports on this one, cause, you know, so we're not strictly talking football here. Uh, Austin Trout made his bare-knuckle debut yesterday. And uh, go to something bad, he fought Diego Sanchez and lit him up. So, yeah, it was, it was a good night yesterday for combat sports. It was a good night tonight, too, so, but. Yeah. So I think for me, the best thing that I saw in the world of sports was I was looking at the Chiefs' uh, Super Bowl parade, and it looked like there was a clip where Pat Mahomes, after celebrating for so long, goes to take it. a picture with a fan and hands them the Lombardi trophy and walks away, right? You know what I mean? Like, hey, here, here you go. Here's the trophy, and then walks away. That was the best thing I saw in the world of sports because I'll tell you what, since the Buffalo Bills have lost, I have not paid attention to sports, it feels like, at all. So that's what I did see. That made me actually kind of laugh a little bit. But let's move on to our next one here. He was drunk. Forget about it. The ugly things that we've seen from the Bills NFL in the world of sports this week. Izzy, what do you got for us? Ooh, ugly things from the world of sports. Well, I mean, I guess technically the Super Bowl was this past week. So uh, the screw-ups in officiating, I guess, still linger in the minds of uh, of uh, fans of the NFL, and yeah, it's it's been it's been pretty fugly out there. So they need they need to get that stuff squared away. That's that's one of the big things. They need to stop talking worrying about rule changes and being worried about being able to enforce the rules on the field because yeah, I, it's 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 been tough to watch at times. So for me, I got, and, and not to, you know, if this does offend anybody, I'm sorry, but the, what I got for forget about it is the fact that DeMar Hamlin had to apologize for what he wore to the Super Bowl. Adrian Peterson took issue with it. Uh, Come on, AP. 
Like, come on, dude. Like, we we could all just draw up the things about your name and everything like that, but we're not going to do that. Of course, Adrian Peterson, I love him, even for what he did with his kid. You know, I'm not here to condone any of that shit, but how are you going to sit there and get sensitive about the guy who literally lost his life on the football field, was brought back to us, and is just wearing a jacket trying to enjoy the best the best, the best, best life that the best way that he can, right? So for me, that's what made me say forget about it. That's just ugliness, right? All right, now we're going to move on to our final segment here before we get off the show. Of course, if you haven't done so already, hit that like and share button. You're tuned in here to the sit down on the Built-In Buffalo Network's Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter, presented by Duff's Famous Wings and Underdog Fantasy, and of course, presented by Picasso's Pizza, PLB Sports, Ticket IQ, and West Her. This next segment coming up is me getting saucy. All right, let me tell you something. You open up as the second favorites heading into the NFL season for 2023 and 2024. Nonsense. The Buffalo Bills should be the number one overall Super Bowl favorite because guess why? JA-17 is at home getting pissed off. Stephon Diggs has been pissed off. And we in Bills Mafia are pissed off, and we are not going to be satisfied until we are Lombardi Trophy winners and Super Bowl Trophy hoisters. Because I'll tell you what, Izzy. Next season, the Buffalo Bills are going to come with a full force and a cold front behind Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills offense and defense. And I'll tell you what, Kansas City, you might feel nice and comfortable right now opening as favorites, but be on the lookout for those Buffalo Bills. All right, Izzy, that's going to do it for me here getting saucy. Now, of course, it's going to do it with us here in the sit-down on the Built-In Buffalo Network. Of course, we're live here on the Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter every Saturday night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I am the Sauce God on Twitter at Buffalo Sauce God. Izzy, I'd like to thank you very much. Tell the people where they can find you. So, uh, My show, The Resident Report, is on Sundays at 7 p.m. So same time, next day, same channel. Check me out. Uh, on fate on Twitter, you can get me at TFP Reekin, uh, and currently on Facebook, I am suspended. So <laughs> we'll deal with that I later. It. I love it. Well, Izzy, I appreciate you for coming in and sitting down and talking football with me. And I appreciate everybody's likes, comments, and shares. And, hey, make sure to tune in with us here at 7 p.m. next Saturday night here on the Built the Buffalo Networks Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Here in the sit-down presented by Dove's Famous Wings. All right, guys, go Bills.